Thrive, flourish, unleash your buried treasure. This is the Exponentially Empowered Podcast with Joel Bine. Through conscious action and authentic self-connection, empower yourself to write your own script. Hey everyone, it's Joel, episode 22. I want to talk about five ways to journal, how to journal better. These are invaluable practices for me to facilitate my consciousness, my conscious living, to be really aware and mindful of am I in charge of my daily decisions or is my life happening to me? So when we take time to reflect and plan and examine, then that permeates throughout the rest of our lives. It's not only helpful to to journal and get out some thoughts and feelings to get some clarity on that. In the moment, you might feel that refreshment and you sort of do that dump of extra energy and then you can go about your day, but it also helps to actually formulate specificity and create and raise consciousness, which can also permeate throughout the rest of your, your week, etc., and help you be more intentional about your daily actions and your plans and your routines. So the five types of journaling are, for me, are handwritten journaling, then stream of consciousness journaling on a computer. The third would be sentence completion exercises. The fourth would be regrets of the dying, uh, weekly and monthly prompts. And the last would be quarterly prompts. And I'll get into the details of each of these. So let's start with handwritten journaling. Now I well, in my early 20s, I took an entire year and I wrote basically every single day. That was my little uh, task for myself, that little challenge for myself to write in my handwritten journal every single day for a year. And I missed a few days, but it was still invaluable. More recently, I've much more gravitated towards the digital uh, the digital way of journaling just because I can type faster, but I want to start with handwritten journaling because it's something that's very special, I think, and more intimate than you can get on the computer. And I still have handwritten journal and most recently been doing that about once a week. I make sure Sunday morning is my routine for handwritten journaling. And the reason handwritten journaling is different and beneficial is that, first of all, the computer, we use the computer for so many things. So our mind and our neurons are associating the computer with all those different tasks, with, with surfing the internet, with checking email, with, with doing all sorts of tasks, right? And when we have the separation from the digital space, it's a very single use, right? 
this is my physical journal and that's the only thing I'm doing is reflecting in here. And the, the brain, there's no risk of the brain getting mixed up or pulled in another direction or somehow thinking about other things. And of course, the other reason is it slows you down and there's a tactile connection between your pen and fingers and the paper, right? And this is of course becoming a lost art of, of handwritten anything, handwritten letters and handwritten journaling, I think helps you slow down. It helps slow down the nervous system more. And when you actually are touching the pen and, and making that connection and creating the letters in the words, there's something that makes it a little bit more real. So I find that to be a useful exercise, but it's, it, the, the downside is you can't write as fast. So I do that about once a week. So the second type of journaling is basically the same as the first type, but on a computer where you write whatever you want to write in the journal on the computer. Now I use Evernote as my application. Now the benefits of course are you can type fast and I like to just type as fast as I can. Sometimes I'll do, you know, set a timer for 15 minutes and say, I'm going to write anything that comes to mind, stream of consciousness, no filter. Sometimes I won't set a timer. I'll just kind of follow my intuition and write a few notes about whatever's on my mind. But what I do appreciate is that there's not necessarily an agenda. There's rarely an agenda when I journal. It's, it's getting the cobwebs out of the mind and seeing what's going on and working out some thoughts, working out some feelings, and then externalizing that so you can have some clarity and release of those thoughts and feelings. But there's no rules about how long you do it. You know, if you do 15, 30 minutes, that can be really beneficial because you get to go deeper. But in terms of creating a habit which you are attracted to, which is very important to maintain a habit, you don't want it to be a chore. If a habit is a chore, then you won't keep doing it. You'll be going towards willpower. So you can also think of it as the minimal effective dose. Maybe you only write a couple lines and that's fine. It's way better than zero. It's way better than zero. So sometimes I, I say quit while I'm ahead, meaning maybe I'll journal for a few minutes and then before I feel like I've exhausted my journaling energy, I quit. I'm good. I'm going to the next thing. I don't want it to feel like it's any sort of taxing. Uh, it's not a taxing activity. So we have handwritten journaling and journaling in the, in the computer, which again, these are both free flowing types of exercises where you basically write whatever you're thinking and feeling in that moment. But now let's go on to the third type of journaling, which is sentence completion exercises, which of course is a structured type of journaling. Now I've been doing this essentially virtually every single weekday, since 2015 or so. And I would credit sentence completion exercises as the number one way, along with stream of consciousness journaling. But 
the most high leverage activity to develop my authenticity and to develop self-knowledge. Because what sentence completion exercises, which are espoused by the great psychologist Nathaniel Brandon, and we've talked about these a bit on the show before, I believe episode seven in my interview with Jackson Sullivan, and I've mentioned Brandon a few times. So the sentence completion exercise is taking a sentence stem and then allowing your subconscious to finish it. So for example, if I were to live more consciously, dot, dot, dot. And then you allow the subconscious to finish that sentence several times, six to eight, ten times. And you don't think about it. You do whatever comes out. It might not even make sense sometimes. But when you allow yourself to finish the sentence without conscious thought, the subconscious takes over and you can get a lot of information. So the basic structure of this from a time standpoint and an execution standpoint and how Brandon espouses it is you have four to six different stems and you complete these five days a week. And get so four to six stems a day and the same group of four to six stems each weekday. You repeat those that group. And again, for each stem, we'll do about six, eight, ten completions. And I'll link into the show notes to Nathaniel Brandon website, which lists his prompts, his sentence stems. And he has two 30-week programs of these stems, these templates. So you can just copy and paste these and do this. And I've done those programs about, I've recycled those about two, two, three times. And at this point, I'm just making up my own stems each week. But I would recommend starting with these. And this is part of his book, The Art of, the Art of Self-Discovery, which I haven't actually gone through, but these are the stems that are taken from that. So this is extremely valuable. And what I do is I incorporate this into my daily routine, morning routine, where I do about five, six minutes meditation in the first thing in the morning, and then I get right to the stems. So the sentence completion exercises. So part of this journaling habit is making it a habit. Part of the benefits of journaling, the benefits of journaling will only come if you do it. And so I want to infuse into this podcast the importance of routines and habits so that you can be consistent and automatize the execution of such journaling. Because often, oftentimes we know in the back of our minds that it's helpful to take a walk or helpful to do journaling or helpful to have a creative outlet or whatever the case may be. But we don't do it because we haven't created a flow of routine that automatizes the actual habit. So again, I do a little meditation and that triggers me to, that prompts me to go on to the next habit, which is starting the sentence, which is the sentence completion exercises. And it only takes three or four minutes to finish them each morning. And it's actually very easy because the subconscious does it. You don't have to put much effort into it. So I look forward to it. And, And so some of the benefits of this is you, Again, get to get some information about what's going on. 
And as you do these, you start to notice that the information also sort of permeates to the rest of your day. So if you do a stem such as, if today I increase my purpose, my sense of purpose by 5%, dot, 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 that's going to uh, sort of send a message to your subconscious for the rest of the day about how purposeful are you operating. Um, and then the other element of this is on Saturday mornings, what I do is I go back and I briefly look over what stems that I wrote, what completions that I wrote. And then there's one final stem that you write once a week in, the, in this reflection process, which is if any of what I wrote this week is true, it might be helpful if I dot, dot, dot. And that sort of puts a bow on the week. And then I take Sunday off and I'm back on Monday for that next round of completion exercises. Okay, so, so far we have the handwritten journaling stream of consciousness, the type computer journaling stream of consciousness, and we have the structured stems and some sentence completion exercises. So now let's go to the fourth type of journaling, which is regrets of the dying journaling. And before we go on, just remember that when you hear a podcast like this, when there's five ways to improve your life, <laughs> you don't need to do all five ways. It can be, it can be definitely overwhelming of, oh, I need to do all these things, or I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not good enough if I don't do all of these, or just, just, just relax and just do one of them. Um, and you don't have to do all of these. And just start, I've just like, I, I really get a lot of value. So I've sort of added these different elements in over the years, but I didn't start them right away all at once. So here's the fourth one, which is regrets of the dying. And this refers to the work of Bronnie Ware, who was a, a hospice worker for 30 years. And so she encountered many people on, on their deathbeds and had conversations with them. And then she wrote a book and she has a TED talk and an article about the top five regrets of the dying. And you may have heard of this before. And then the question becomes, well, if, even if you've heard of this, how will you ensure that you stay conscious so that you don't have these, 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 these major regrets that people have? And that's where these journaling prompts come in to keep you honest, where it's, it's not just this fleeting notion of you heard this Ted talk from Bronnie Ware about living a regret-free life. And then you said, Oh, that's so great. And then you forgot about it as the months and years go by having this monthly and also weekly journaling prompt can be incredibly valued to keep you conscious. So before I do that, let me just review quickly the, these top five regrets. Hopefully I can remember them off the top of my head here. Uh, the first one is I wish that I had stayed in touch with my friends. The second one is I wish that I had the courage to express my feelings. Third is I wish I had the courage to life, to live the life that I really wanted to live rather than the life others expected of me. The fourth is, I wish I had let myself be happier. And the fifth is, I wish 
I had not worked so hard. So what are these prompts, these monthly prompts and weekly prompts? Well, there is another article by Hannah Brain, who is a blogger and writer for her, her site is Becoming Who You Are, I believe. Becoming Who You Are. And she has a great article about this very thing of executing on this notion of regret-free living, so doing these prompts. And so she created some monthly prompts and I just straight up stole her idea and I've been doing it for the past three years or so. And it's just something you structure in to the beginning or the end of your month Put that in your calendar and you reflect on each of those regrets and you say, how am I, for instance, how over this past month, what connections, meaningful connections did I have? Connecting experiences that I have, that I, did I call that friend? Did I have that meaningful conversation over lunch, right? And that allows you to be conscious of what you did do. And then you also have looking forward in the month ahead, how could I create more meaningful connections in this coming month? How could I increase my intentionality to ensure that I have meaningful connections so that I don't accidentally lose touch of people that matter to me? And so on and so forth. Same with, with living a life that you are proud of, not what others are expecting you. You know, how have you boldly forged your own path and authored your own script in the past 30 days? And what could you do in the next 30 days to boldly and intentionally author your own script so that you're doing what makes you come alive, not falling through, falling into the trap of the group, falling into the trap of what others expect of you and conforming, but really getting in touch with what you want, what makes you happy. And if you do this each month, it compounds, right? And you sort of are maintaining your consciousness, right? We know to change our oil on our cars every three months, 3,000 miles. But do we even do some thoughtful reflection every three months, let alone, let alone every one month? And so real quick, there's also a weekly journaling, regrets of the dying uh, prompt sequence that... I will also link to in the show notes, show notes. This is from actually Hannah Brame's husband, Jake Basilis, who does the Voluntary Life podcast. And he has, he has some prompts about making sure that you're living intentionally and in a rep-free way each week as well. I won't go into those, but I'll link to those in the show notes. The last one is one that I've created, which is a quarterly, quarterly prompts. So I set in my calendar every three months uh, certain prompts that help me think about different areas in my life, such as health and relationships and career. So I won't go into all the details here, but I'll give an example of relationships. Um, so I have what's called like uplifting prompts, uplifting, supporting people prompt where I'm thinking about who are the top three to five people in my life right now? And am I feeling 
satisfied with those people. It's bringing, bringing consciousness to the people that you surround yourself with and knowing that the people you spend time with will affect you. And you want those people to be uplifting you and encouraging you and accepting you for who you are. And so bringing consciousness to that every few months and asking yourself, okay, who are the people in my life that I'm spending the most time with right now? Am I satisfied with that? What are my gut feelings about these people? Do I feel absolute unbridled joy? Does a smile come to my face when I see this person's name written down? You know, and that can be challenging because it's very confronting with yourself to be honest, to be self-honest about how do I actually feel about this person? Am I continuing this relationship out of obligation or out of a fear of disconnection that I'll be alone, but I'm actually not that excited about it, but I'm about this person, but I'm just kind of holding on to it. Those can be some tough questions, but I think worth question, worthwhile questions in order to live a life that you really feel joy. So asking yourself, who are those people right now? And then who are some people that I maybe want to bring into my life more often to reach out to, to ask to go to lunch, to increase that connection with? And who are those people that I need to maybe put, maybe um, have a difficult conversation with, uh, an honest conversation with, or maybe not, maybe just say, you know, this person is, is a wonderful person, but uh, I don't need to have them to be my, in my closest sphere of people. And that's okay. I can maintain that relationship, but perhaps let it go into sort of a second tier of relationship, if you will, where I still keep in touch with them, but I'm not going to call them every day or every week, maybe, and kind of setting those boundaries. So again, the purpose of all of this, and to sort of wrap up here, the purpose of all of these prompts and all these types of journaling is to increase the quality and depth of consciousness so that you're not meandering or sleepwalking or going on autopilot throughout your life. Because how you spend your days, how you spend your years is how you spend your life. All you ever have is one moment. And we can say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get to that later. And all of a sudden, the years go by. The years go by because you're not really thinking, you're not activating the mind, raising the consciousness about how do I want to live? Am I being true to myself? I mean, think about those, those regrets of the dying, living a life that is true to yourself rather than what others expected of you, as well as having the courage to express your feelings. This is where I've gotten a lot of value out of that particular question, asking myself, what conversations am I avoiding? Because it's a little bit uncomfortable to express your feelings, isn't it? To be vulnerable and honest. But think about that. That's the, top t the second most common regret of the dying, as Bronnie Ware articulated, is not having the courage to express one's feelings. 
we only have one life. And these years and months and weeks can go by fast. And we can not lean into the discomfort and express ourselves to the people that matter about what's really going on inside of us. Because at the end of the day, at the end of their life, when you're nearing the grave, are you, you going to regret that you didn't just say what's going on for you? Because you have one life. You might as well be honest. Accepting of who you are and expressive of who you are. So I hope that these tools have been valuable and give you some more specificity about the nuts and bolts, about how to go ahead and execute on journaling and incorporate it into your life. And the last element I'll add here is, again, underscoring the importance of routines and habits and asking yourself, well, when am I going to do these types of journal activities? And also, how will I ensure I don't get distracted? So I'll, I'll never, in an increasingly digital world, I can't emphasize enough the importance of mindful digital activity and finding ways to turn off your phone. Of course, ironically, you might be listening to this, most likely listening to this on your phone. You're listening to this on your phone or your computer. And, and I hope that that's valuable to you. But finding ways to turn off the phone. This is so important so that you can have time sculpted out in your week and day to reflect and journal and not simply consume information from this amusement park of the World Wide Web, but take time to unplug from those incredible, admittedly incredible uh, resources of information, but to put that aside and protect your time to make sure that you are incorporating these types of activities, meditation and journaling. So keeping the phone off for me, what I do is I don't have my, I don't check any of my text messages or any of these things first thing in the morning. So uh, I do have the phone in airplane mode and I do my morning meditation with some peaceful music with the phone. But then I go into my journaling prompts, my journaling exercises, and I keep that in airplane mode or I just turn it off. And I keep basically, I don't check my phone for the first few hours of the day uh, if possible. And if it's not the first few hours of the first 20 minutes, that's a win compared to the person who has the phone next to their bed, they wake up and they check their email. Like that's definitely, and there's no judgment there. And I, I understand there could be um, value in having, getting into your email right away. But for me, what works for me is protecting the morning time and incorporating those journaling activities first thing. So I know that I'm doing healthy and enriching activities for my mind and consciousness and, and body even by doing that journaling types of exercises in the morning. 
So there's quite a bit of food for thought there in the different types of journaling and the different ways to incorporate it into your life. And again, just maybe pick one or two and see how can I improve by 1% today or not even improve. That's the, that word gets so much hype. Simply enrich your life by 1% today and perhaps write one journaling, one sentence in a journal. Or perhaps you don't have a, a handwritten journal, you need to order it or go, go to the store and buy a little journal. That's the next step maybe. And that's 1% right there. 1% on the way towards more personal growth. All right, everybody, take care and be well. And remember that the unexamined life is not worth living. Cheers.